I am not a uh, Apple person, so when I come, I come with my big laptop and. <laughs> Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Hope you all had a uh, blessed feast and uh, Passover. We had an amazing time at the Gillis' house, and they're not here today, but want to just say thank you all so very much. If you're watching this morning, want to tell you all thank you so much for lending us your house and your time. Um, the whole family, Gillis' family, chipped in, and they catered the event for us, so it was just an amazing time with fellowship, friends, family, and I um, couldn't have asked for a better time. So, um, again, thank y'all. Y'all were such a huge blessing to us. Um, everybody that contributed to putting it together, um, Paula and Morgan, we want to thank y'all so much from the bottom of our hearts for doing that and setting that up for us. So, um, wow, my notes just completely disappeared. There they are. Okay. Um, let's go ahead and go to the Word, do to, to the Lord in a word of prayer. Uh, Father, we just come to you, Lord, and... Well, Lord, this is normally the part where I would say, shut me up, <laughs> and, uh, but thanks to uh, the people around us who uh, can show us, Lord, that something that we've said for a long time, Lord, may not be the right thing, but I thank you, Father God, that you would just use me as a vessel, Lord, that you speak through. I thank you, Father God, that the words that you have brought to me this week, Lord God, and that you've shown me, let it be something that teaches and reaches and, and gets into the heart of everybody here. We just ask you, Lord, that your hand would be upon each of us as we listen, as we absorb. Father, even myself, Lord God, as I go through this order, you've been showing me and teaching me new things all the time. But we give you honor and we give you praise for all the things in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Uh, today we're going to be talking about being unoffendable. So um, before we get into that, I think it's important to obviously define what an offense is. Um, Webster's Dictionary defines it as something that outrages the moral or physical senses, uh, the act of displeasing or affronting, or the state of being insulted or morally outraged. Uh, the Greek word that we get offense from is the word scandalon. Uh, scandalon actually refers to a stick trap. Have y'all ever seen those like in the cartoons or movies or anything like that where they set up a, a stick and they've got a big weight on top. When the animal comes in, they pull that stick, traps the animal. So that would actually be re referring to this part right here on the trap. Okay? So as soon as they step on that, it's the scandalon. It's the fence. It's going to take and it's going to grab them. It's the bait that's being used to trap the animal or, in our case, us. Um, it's where we get the English word scandal, which also means it's an action that uh, damages someone's reputation. So when we think of an offense, that is going to be something that it's going to, if somebody offends me, what's the first thing that happens? I get angry, I get mad, I get, you know, it's something that you hold on to. Um, I would say, go ahead and raise your hands if you would say that you have um, probably been offended at some point in your life. So everybody, okay. Um, <laughs> now raise your hands if uh, you think uh, you've actually offended someone else. Okay. Now I'm, asking, I'm gonna ask you to actually keep your hands down for this one, so. Um, how many of you would actually say that you currently hold an offense in your heart towards someone else? The thing is, is that most people actually don't even know 
that they are even offended, let alone how to be unoffendable. How many of you have ever watched competitive sports at all, at any time, in any way? So, um, in most competitive sports, what you have is you have two teams, okay? You have an offense, you have a defense, okay? So, the job of the offense is obviously to score points, okay? And the job of the defense is to keep the offense from scoring those points, okay? So, um, now what we have here is Matthew 18, 28. This is actually our, our game time rule book, okay? This is what to do when offenses get on the field and score a point. So we're going to just read through that real quick. Um, and this is uh, Matthew chapter 18, verses, starting in verse 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to fall away, it would be better for him if a heavy millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses will inevitably come. But woe to the person by whom the offenses comes. If your hand or your foot causes you to fall away, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or lame than to have two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to fall away, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter eternal life with one eye than have two eyes and be thrown into hellfire. See to it that you don't despise one of these little ones, because I tell you that in heaven their angels continually view the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If someone has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, won't he leave the ninety-nine on the hillside and go search for the stray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over the sheep more than the, over the, third, the 99 that did not go astray. In the same way, it is not the will of your father, is it not the will of your father in heaven that one of these little ones should perish? If your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he won't listen... Take one or two others with you, so that by the testimony of one or two or three witnesses, sorry, it's just two or three, not one or two, by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. If he doesn't pay attention to them, go tell the church. If he doesn't pay attention even to the church, let him be like the Gentiles or tax collectors even to you. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you excuse me. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything that you pray for it, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So, I want to go into, uh, sorry about that. I want to go into uh, Luke chapter 17, verses 1 through 5 now, if you would. 
He said to his disciples, offenses will, will surely come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than for him to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Be on your guard, and if your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and comes back to you seven times in a day saying, I repent, you must forgive him. And then the apostles said, Lord, increase our faith. Now wait, here's these disciples, right? And at this point, I mean, they've seen multiple people healed, you know, uh, demons cast out. Uh, they saw, you know, they saw Yeshua walking on water. They saw him calming the seas. They saw him feeding the multitudes. They saw him doing all of these things. But not one time does scripture ever recall them saying, Lord, increase our faith. It's when he said, you must forgive your brother up to seven times in a day. Then they're like, wow, how do you even do that? So increase our faith. Show us how to do it because that, that's a hard thing to do. If somebody just continually kept coming up to you and saying, doing the same thing over and over and over again, but then immediately were like, I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. Would you have the strength inside of you to, you know, maybe the first time, second time, third time it gets a little tedious. Fourth time you're just like, come on, man, seriously, right now? I mean, that's how most of us would react to this situation. You see, the goal is to be unoffendable, to have a strong defense. Yeshua said offenses will come. They're inevitable. They are part of the game, but we must consistently be on our guard to ensure they don't ensnare us and to be ready to forgive at all times. And I'm going to be a little vulnerable. I guess it's our turn this week to be vulnerable. So um, it was about three years ago. We were in the midst of COVID and everything that was going on in the world. It just seemed like our world is in complete upheaval. And with everything happening, I had a moment where I was just like, I want my voice to be heard too. So I took to what most of us take to Facebook. And I wrote out this big, long thing. And I got, you know, had so many people that were hearting it, liking it, commenting. And then somebody very close to us did not see what I saw. And they were immediately offended. And a big argument happened. Um, and this was a family member. And it caused there to be a rift in the family, a complete cut, cutting off because of this fight. Now we did, you know, we did the, two, t the typical messianic thing and once a year on uh, Yom Kippur when we were like, okay, this is the day of atonement, this is what we need to do. We went to this person and we were like, hey, we need to make atonement, we need to say, you know, let you know that we're sorry. You know, even though we don't agree with you still, of course we still had to throw the caveat out there that you know, we still don't agree with you and we still stand on what we had, what we said, but you know, we want you to know, and of course, they took. A, they were still like, no, you're not, you know, your apology means nothing, basically. And so, second year, we did the same thing, you know, waited a whole year for Yom Kippur again, we did the same thing again, and still nothing. Third year, we actually did nothing at all. We were just like, well, we've, we've tried, we've, we're washing our hands of that situation. And then it was, goodness, maybe two months ago now, we sat there and thought about it. We talked. We were sitting there we were like, 
you know, that thing that I wrote, and, and I'll tell you, one year, when that, when that same conversation popped up in your feed because your memories pop up on Facebook, and when that popped up a year later, I was embarrassed. And I looked at it, and of course, I immediately deleted it when I saw it. I read through all the conversations, and I was just like, how could I have written something like that? But it was still not enough because of all of these other influences I had in me at the time, and I, it wasn't enough for me to make a complete change in my thoughts, in my, in my thought pattern. But it was a couple of months ago, I looked at it again, and, and, you know, and Erica with me, and we were just like, and she was just like, we need to reach out back out to my brother. And I was just like, yeah, you're right. We need to do this. And so we immediately called him, and we had a true heart of repentance. And it wasn't just a, hey, we want you to forgive us so that, you know. No, we actually went to him. There were tears. We were crying. We, were, we wanted them to know that we were genuine about it. And when we had the right heart to go to somebody and apologize, they immediately apologized as well. We've gone to dinner with them. We've, we've restored the fellowship with our family, and everything has been completely restored. And that's exactly what it takes to deliver people from offense. You have to have a genuine heart about it. It can't just be something that you're like, oh, well, Scripture tells me I've got to apologize or that I need to make it right, so I'm just going to do this real quick and, you know, Fingers crossed, it, hopefully it'll be the best. So, um, We're going to go over a few ways that you can be unoffendable. Uh, the first thing that you need to do is examine your own heart, what's inside. Okay, uh, Psalm 7-9 tells us that our righteous God examines our motives and thoughts. Well, how does he do that? Well, that, let's jump up to Hebrews 4.12, which says, The word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Now think about David's words in Psalms 139, 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offense offensive way in me, lead me in the everlasting way. We need to be humble enough in ourselves. You know, we're not, not like Moses who says, you know, I'm the most humble man in the entire earth, right? But we actually need to have humility to be able to go to the Father, searching our hearts and saying, show me, reveal to me, and the thing is, is the word of God is what he gives us already to show you exactly what it is you should and should not be doing. The word of God is not a sword to beat other people over the head with. Okay, the word of God, because what's that going to do? It's going to cause offense. Right. Our job is not to go around offending people. Okay. Now, I do know that the scripture says that, you know, that Yeshua was a rock of offenses. Right. But that doesn't mean that we walk around and beating people up with it. Okay, um, we need to ask the Father to show us His heart, because only in His heart are we going to find the true way to interact with people. We need to adjust our expectations. Now, a lot of times, people in the world, we really don't have that high of a setting, you know, as far as what we're expecting from them. So, them to offend us, you know, with the way they're living is just really not going to happen that much. Uh, we've got our friends maybe set here. Our family members sit here. A lot of times your pastors and teachers are going to be way up here. So it's really easy for me to say something to you and you just get, well, I can't believe he said that I'm never going back there again. 
you know, um, with our family, it's super easy to do the exact same thing. The problem is, is that we have our expectations for human beings set way too high. Because the thing is, is I can make mistakes, right? Every single one of us can make mistakes, but then it's up to us. There's times, you know, that I don't even know whenever I've made a mistake unless somebody comes to me and says, hey, you know, you, you did this and, and it hurt my feelings. All right, let's have a conversation about that. You know, um, it's happening a lot. You know, Erica said it, you know, this week there's been a lot that has been going on, you know, in our lives. And um, I realized, and didn't, again, I didn't even know it was there, but I had been holding on to an offense that for over a year, something that was inside of me that I didn't even realize was there. And in a moment that was just, you know, trying to figure things out. And it, we were having, you know, these, this issue. And all of a sudden, it just comes flooding out of me. And I was just like, I stopped in the, in the midst of doing this. And I was just like, oh, wow, Lord. I didn't even know that I had that offense in me. Didn't even realize it was there. So that's the reason we need to be searching. We need to be looking inside of ourselves to go, what is it we're holding back? What is it that we, we have inside of us? Who is it that we need to talk to to make, make things right? We don't have to wait for once a year for, for Yom Kippur for this to happen. We can do it because we have a way through Yeshua, our Messiah. And we can go to him daily. Um, so yeah, adjust your expectations. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse, 3, verse 13. Make an allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive. And Jesus said, It is impossible that no offenses will come, right? Luke, verse seven, Luke 17, verse 1. In other words, if we're breathing, we're going to have opportunity to be offended. People are going to say things and do things that hurt. It's just part of life. The real question becomes, how will you react when it does come? Our greatest potential to be offended is with people close to us. Again, like I said, our spouses, children, siblings, parents, co-workers, fellow church members, and pastors, even God himself. We tend to expect the most from those we love and we love most deeply. When our expectations aren't met, disappointment sets in, which quickly turns into the, to of offense if it, if it isn't dealt with properly. So now we're going to be talking about um, the third step here to being unoffendable is to tear down strongholds in your own life. Now, in the Old Testament, we'd hear the word stronghold, and what that always meant, it was a fortified city. It had walls around it, right? It was hard. The Bible talked about Jericho. It was a stronghold. It was a fortified city. You know, Jerusalem was a stronghold, right? It had a wall around it. Um, a stronghold, and yeah, like I said, it's a fortified city. Um, so with those walls, what does it do? It keeps, keeps people out. It keeps things out. It keeps the militaries out, or it makes it really hard for them to get in, right? Same thing in our lives. If somebody offends you and you don't deal with it immediately, the first thing that happens in your life, even though you may not be able to see it, are these walls start coming up. And what happens when these walls come up is now when people come to you to love on you, you're like, no, stay back, stay back. I don't need this right now. Stay away from me, right? And a lot of times it actually becomes more of a uh, echo chamber because 
a lot of times you have those walls up just high enough to not let people in, but the people that agree with you in your offense, they'll be like, you're like, oh, okay, and it bounces around, and you, that's all you hear is those things, and the people who are trying to actually bring some truth into your life, you can't hear them, or the brother or sister that comes to you to apologize, you can't hear them because you've got these walls up. So what do we need to do? We need to pray. We need to just seek God again. We need to go back. We need to examine our hearts because if we have walls up around us all the time, God is not going to be able, your full potential can't be met if you have walls up all the time and God can't use you as deeply and as strongly. Yes, he can still use you, but the amount, the way that he can use you is going to be limited. Um... So the last thing that I have on here, it's going to be to break the chain reaction. Uh, Psalms 119, 165 says, Great peace have they who love your law. Nothing shall offend or make them stumble. Uh, holding on to offenses or holding on to an offense and not dealing with it properly results in a tragic chain reaction of pain in our lives and in the lives of us around, in the lives of those around us. Carefully listen to Jesus' words in Matthew 24, 10 through 12. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. How many links in the chain of pain can you identify in that passage? See, the first thing that happened is they got offended, right? After they got offended, they turn on one another. They betray each other. And then they begin to hate one another. Okay? What happens after that is false prophets are going to arise. People that speak into your life, right, that probably shouldn't be speaking into your life, are going to come in, right, and they're going to deceive many. Deception is a real thing that happens whenever we allow offenses to come. Right? We're going to be pulled from one side to another. Our roots are not deep. Okay? And when we allow that offense to come in, it is going to, it, it breaks us most of the time unless we know how to deal with it. Uh, the Greek word for, um, uh, sorry, lawlessness uh, is the end product of offense. And the Greek word anomia, which essentially means content, con contempt for and disobedience to God's law. So when you end up getting offended, it leads you on a chain to no longer keeping the word of God and to keeping that law in, his, in your life. So with these first steps in becoming offendable, unoffendable, it is to recognize the offenses that you have in your own life. Have you truly forgiven others for the wrongs that they have brought against you? Have you sought out others that have wronged you? I think that the most hurt people are the ones that have actually forgotten how God has forgiven them. Now, I could go a lot deeper into this study and everything today. I actually want to keep it right here because... Um, I truly believe that this is something that we need to be meditating on. Um, pastor, growing up, used to always say that meditating was uh, to utter, to mutter, to revolve it in your mind, right? So we actually need to, something that we actually need to keep in our heads, that we need to keep it in our hearts and kind of figure out what's going on. Um, 
for the next several weeks, we're actually going to be doing a, a study on this um, on Wednesday nights. Um, it's going to be uh, yes, starting this Wednesday night. We're going to be going through a book. It's called The Bait of Satan uh, by John Bevere. I would ask that each one of you join us as we search out how offenses um, or how offense is a primary tool that Satan uses to ensnare us. Each week we'll go one chapter at a time and discuss what each chapter means in the life of the believer. Uh, Messenger International, who actually put out this, that's uh, John Bevere's ministry, has put out an amazing app. It's called Messenger X. Um, if y'all need to see where, how to get that or whatever, if you want to join us, we'd love that. And um, I'll show you how to download that because you can actually get the uh, course material and everything else. You can download those to your phones, to your iPads, to your laptops, whatever. Um, but um, they put out the app so that uh, you can download it wherever you listen, wherever you want to, or if you can listen to it, they've got it on Audible, um, other different sources that you can get it so that you can listen. Actually, on Messenger X, if you just want to listen to it, it's completely free of charge on there. You don't have to go to Amazon or anything to buy the book. Um, but um, only ask that if you do want to join us, um, if that's something that sounds interesting to you, um, read the chapter before you come in to the study each week so that um, when we get in, we can just start discussing it, okay? Um, but this is actually all that I have for today. Um, I want to thank every single one of you for coming in today. Um, again, if there's anything, I, and I just want to put this out here, kind of like we always do at Yom Kippur, we always get on Facebook and say, if I've offended anybody, please let me know, bring it to me, so, you know, so... But if there's anything that I have ever done and I'm seeking you right now, please let me know, okay? Because I want to make that right. And I want you to know that if it ever comes to anything like that, I want to be able to come to each one of you and talk to you, and you have an open heart to be able to hear me as well. We should, as a body of believers, be able to communicate with each other in a way that's effective and that glorifies God. All right? So let's go ahead and um, worship team, go ahead, yeah, go, go ahead and come up. Now, if anybody here has anything in your heart that you think that you've been holding on to, okay, if there's anybody at all that thinks that you need prayer for anything, uh, there's going to be a few of us standing up here that are uh, willing to pray for you. So while the worship team is playing us out in our last song, if you want to come up and have us pray for you, please feel free to come forward and we would love to pray with you.